Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined by my host, Dale Lolly. Dale, first of all, how was, how, was the, how was the day of practice? It seemed like it was a really nice day in Pittsburgh. It was hot, but, uh, you know, we made it through okay. The Steelers made it through okay. Um, but uh, I think the real news of the day is the, this, this rookie class continues to, uh, to impress, and uh, Mike Tomlin – uh, giving them some opportunities to uh, to step up in competition, and also uh, doing a very Mike, un-Mike Tomlin-like thing, uh, heaping some praise on some of these young guys, uh, particularly Chase Claypool and Alex Highsmith. Now that that is that is different because and they, we were expecting uh, we were expecting the the rookies to really struggle, but do you did you think like this was like blowing smoke by Tomlin or was this like legitimately no these two rookies are really impressing me right now. No, I think it's legitimate. Uh, I think some of his reactions on the field have been uh, spontaneous. Uh, you know, there was a play today uh, or uh, Monday during practice where Alex, I'm sorry, uh, Chase Claypool uh, caught a little curl route over the middle and uh, turned and took off with it and raced through the defense like a much looking very much like Deontay Johnson. Uh, and I hadn't seen anything like that from, from him yet. We'd seen a lot of him going up over guys and catching the football. Um, this was something new, and, and I think it was something new for Tomlin as well uh, because he uh, was walking down the field and, uh, you know, kind of gave him a high five as they were, uh, you know, after, after it happened and uh, said something about that's the way to turn, turn your hips and go. Um, that's exactly what Chase Claypool did, and, man, does he look good. That's, that's very interesting to hear, um, you know, because right now, um, right now, I mean, everyone's wondering who's going to step up in the receiving core. You know, I, I talked to James, James Washington yesterday about what he's doing right. And, uh, and yes, to see Chase Claypool be that guy, be that guy right now that everyone's turning heads for, you know, Eric Ebron was on social media again yesterday saying, oh, he's a, you know, he, he, he's a problem, which is he's the second person that I've seen calling that on social media what does this say to you as a guy who's seen rookies come through camp and you, you've seen, you've seen some great rookies come through training camp, but this is, this is a completely different environment. What, what's your perspective and how this is impacting you and how you think it's impacting the team? You know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, his teammates see that this kid is uh, quote, a, a, a problem. He's six, four, he's 200 and uh, you know, 35 to 240 pounds can run uh we saw him make another leaping catch over you know a, a defensive back in the back of the end zone and get his feet down um you know he had two of those catches over the middle like that where he just kind of ran loose through the defense uh this kid was the 49th pick in the draft and I'll tell you what and, and he was also the 11th receiver selected this was a really good receiver class 
And I like those other guys, uh, most of those other guys who, who went ahead of him, uh, I had rated really highly. Uh, but it's really making me question, you know, how I had him rated so low. I didn't, you didn't see this kind of stuff at Notre Dame last year. Uh, you saw him win the jump balls. We all expected that. But, the, you know, that when you see that size uh, with that coupled with that speed and, and the athleticism, uh, the way he catches the ball with his hands, uh, he's a hands catcher. And uh, he just uh, – everything is impressive about him. And you like the way that he goes about his business. And then you see him go out and dominate on special teams, uh, you know, kind of push guys around. He's a special player. Now – I know you can't say too much about what you're seeing in practice, but can, it, it, is he going to be really limited, do you think, in where he can line up? Or do you think he's going to be split in, slot, flank? Like he, he'll be all over the field? Or do you think they'll have to say, hey, this is where you're going to line up in most formations. We're going to put you in this spot and, and, and let you get used to the playbook that way? Yeah, I think they'll ease him into it. I mean, I don't know that it really matters, though, because, again, uh, you know, six four two thirty eight, uh, lined up out. I don't care if he lines up on the moon. You have to, you have to, you know, figure out how you're going to cover that. Uh, he's going to be a matchup issue no matter where he lines up at. I think eventually, you know, you're able to move. They'll they'll want him to be able to move all over the formation. But even if he's just an outside the numbers guy right now, he's an outside the numbers guy. That's a serious serious issue for opposing teams. And it's going to be, I mean, and that's one thing that we, when they say he's a problem, it's one thing to have size. It's one thing to have speed, but when you can high point the ball and you can make people miss in, in space, that's a whole extra level of, of challenges because as a cornerback, you can, you can key in on certain things. Like if he's a route runner, all right, we have to knock him off his timing. If he's a deep ball guy, okay, don't let him get behind me. If, you know, if he's, if he's trying to beat me inside leverage, you know, you lock that down. But when, if he's a guy that can be a true threat in all these different ways, that's going to make it so that cornerbacks can't commit to one way of trying to lock him down. They're going to have to find so many different ways. And then, I mean, you, you think about even having, having safety help. We may be talking about a guy that on an offense where people are still worried about Deontay Johnson, still worried about Juju Smith-Schuster, about the tight end. You put Chase Claypool out there, and, and he's, if he's able to beat, you know, your second or third best cornerback one-on-one, and Ben Roethlisberger likes throwing to him, this could be the big play guy that breaks open the offense the way that Martavis Bryant used to when, when he was with Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, the difference here, though, is, you know, he's, he's you know, similar size to Plexico Burris, you know, height-wise to, to Martavis Bryant, uh, some of these other big receivers that they brought in here. But this kid's just so smooth. And like I said, he's a hands catcher. He doesn't let the ball get into his body. Uh, and he also has just a massive catch radius. I, I called it a, a zip code radius because you just put it in the zip code and he's going to catch it. Uh, I've just been really impressed with what I've seen from him. Um, and I've seen, as you mentioned, some, some good Steeler rookie wide receivers come in. So a lot, of good, a lot of good receivers come in over the years. And I'm racking my brain. This, he, he might be the best one that I've seen. That's, that's, a, that's a high praise from Dale Lawler, who's been covering this beat for a very long time. But we're going to be right back talking more on the Steelers right after this break.
welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Dale Lolly. Now, Dale, we talked about Earl Thomas yesterday on the show, but further developments are happening across the AFC North. The Cleveland Browns have lost rookie safety from LSU Grant Delpit to an Achilles injury, meaning he's out for the season, it looks like. That's another safety that uh, another AFC North team was looking to use. And now we're looking at a situation where the AFC North is having some problems up the middle in, with, with their defenses. The Steelers still have Minka Fitzpatrick. The, the, the Bengals, I believe, have Jesse Bates. But what do, what do you think this is going to have an impact on the season? Because we never saw Grant Delpit. But presumably, you draft the guy in the second round the way you did, and he was at one point a top 10 you know, prospect before, before his senior year. This seems like it's going to have a serious impact on the AFC North battles. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, uh, you know, the, the Bengals were already soft up the middle. They basically, um, you know, jettisoned all the old linebackers, uh, brought in uh, 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 the, uh, the kid from Von Bell uh, out of New Orleans uh, to help out their safety position. Uh, but they, you know, obviously were, were soft up the middle. That was an issue for them. The Browns were awful up the middle last year. Got rid of Joe Schobert, Christian Kirksey, uh, brought in two new safeties along with uh, – they brought in Delpit and Carl Joseph to, yeah. to be the, the guys there. Um, they already lose one of those guys. Uh, you know, the, the linebacker position, they lost Mac Wilson a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, they've, got, they've got issues up the middle. And now all of a sudden you look at the Ravens, um, you know, without – Without Earl Thomas there in the middle of that defense, uh, up the middle, uh, they're already breaking in uh, two new inside linebackers or two new linebackers up the middle. It, it, it's it's interesting that in a season in which you don't have a ton of time to get ready, uh, you know, you're going to be maybe perhaps a little uh, behind the eight ball up the middle of your defense. And, you know, for the Ravens in particular, they want to play a lot of man-to-man defense with those corners on the outside. And so, you, you know, if you're going to do that, you can do that with the cornerbacks and say, hey, you guys are just playing man-to-man, but in the middle of the field where you're going to get attacked uh, with, the, with the tight ends and with a lot of crossing routes and those kind of things, uh, running backs out of, coming out of the backfield, as we saw with the Steelers' defense a couple of years ago, if you're soft in the middle of the defense, if your defense isn't up the snuff at, at inside linebacker and safety, you're in trouble. You're going to have a lot of trouble stopping teams. And, oh, by the way, was there a team in the, in the division this year that added a big athletic tight end? Uh, I believe that was the Steelers. Right. And so, you know, this is a problem. It wouldn't surprise me, by the way, to see the Browns take a run at Earl Thomas here. Really? You think the Browns would do that? Hey, they've shown that they're willing to cut corners with guys in the past. I'm sure <laughs> Earl Thomas would love the opportunity to go play uh, the, the, the uh, Ravens twice a year. And, hey, Delpit being out creates a need for the Browns. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if they, if they suddenly jump into the uh, Earl Thomas situation, despite him being what apparently is not a very good teammate. Yeah, man, that's so bizarre. I mean, I mean, it would be Browns, though. It would be the Browns to do something crazy like this. Um, because, but, I mean, if, if you're the Browns, if you're Kevin Stefanski, just don't rock. Like, like you're, you got, you're trying to build a foundation. You saw what's happened with him with his last two teams. I have to think that there's somebody that would stand up and say, ho, 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 let's calm this down. Because they traded for, they traded for OBJ. And Dale's defeated my point. There you go. <laughs> They're going to do it. 
they gave up a boatload of picks to get to get OBJ. Who the was guy that proposed to a kicking net. You're so right. How have I not seen this? The Browns are going to sign Earl Thomas. They signed Kareem Hunt. I mean, they, they've shown that they're not they're willing to take these kind of chances with with bad character guys. Wow. Uh, it would not be. I I would put them in the front runners among the front runners. My goodness, I how have I not seen this? I. <laughs> I'm I'm astounded, Dale. This is this is why this is why you're the man on the beat, man. <laughs> because I, I was thinking he'd go to the NFC somewhere, you know, just some like maybe the Cowboys would take a shot because the Cowboys, you know, they they've been taking shot. They just let go of Gerald McCoy. Well, their their safeties are awful. Exactly. But yeah, I could definitely see the Browns being uh, one of the front runners for Earl Thomas. We'll see if that happens. My goodness, but okay, let me ask you this. Do you think the Steelers now have the best secondary in the AFC North? Well, I mean, I still like the, the, the cornerbacks in Baltimore. It wouldn't surprise me to see them move Jimmy Smith to, to free safety Ooh. and some packages would just make him a, an extra defensive back to get him on the field because right now he's like their fifth corner. Uh, you know, you want to find ways to use him. And so, you know, they really don't have – a backup plan at that free safety position. It, it, you know, they just don't. And so they got to do something there and they got to do it quick because like everybody else, they're three weeks out from the start of the regular season. Wow. Certainly a lot, a lot of things to consider there. Um, this is kind of wild. This is kind of wild. And I, 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 again, we said this, Ramon said this, uh, Ike Taylor told me, uh, told me this. It's going to be interesting to see who is getting injured be, and the questions are going to arise. Who, got, who stayed in shape all throughout the offseason and came into football camp ready to be in football shape because those are two different things. Um, you, can't, you can't assume that someone's not in football shape. Who knows? It, it, it could just be bad luck. I mean, injuries happen all the time in the NFL, even to the greatest of athletes. But it's something that we knew was going to happen. And so far the Steelers have mostly avoided the injury bug. I mean, they've definitely avoided it with their stars. Um, and, uh, and you're seeing other teams. And, I mean, the Ravens not even an injury bug. That's just a, what the, what in the world bug? Um, that's the idiot bug. Yeah. Yeah. That's the idiot bug. <laughs> I like that. And the Steelers had their fair share of that. Let's, let's not play like Antonio Brown didn't happen, but it's kind of crazy to see how all that played out. We're going to cut to one more break. When we come back, we got more to share with you on the Steelers. Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. That's right, y'all. Don't Get Me Started is back. Now, for those who might be new, when we did the old DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio, when we did this years ago, I had a segment on here to call Don't Get Me Started, where y'all got me started on a random topic, and I would just give my Carter rant. It's been a while since I've done this, so it's time that I do this again. So, without further ado, don't get me started 
about Baker Mayfield's complete and utter sham of a nonsense. Let me tell you about what got me started on this. So, our good friend, Adam Crowley from ESPN Pittsburgh Radio, good guy, has me on his show, the Adam Crowley Show. He tweets out a very important part, or a very, a very interesting thing. I think he did it baiting because he knew, he knew what would happen here. He tweeted out saying that through eight games, he believes that Baker Mayfield will be replaced by Case Keenum uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And as soon as he does this, of course, Browns fans are all over him. You know, Adam's got a check mark on Twitter. He's, he's a fair fight. But I don't care about Browns fans. Browns fans are ridiculous. Steelers fans, just don't waste your time. But what, what got me started was Baker Mayfield liking Adam's post, which means he's paying attention to this nonsense. Now, I've been hearing for years. You had, you, you, you got, you had, you, you got people always telling me that, you know, that the next guy's coming. I, you know, every time I hear the Browns get a quarterback, he's going to be the guy that takes down the Steelers. I remember when it was Brady Quinn from Notre Dame that was supposed to be the Steelers killer. That, that didn't last. And then it was Johnny Menzel, and now we're at Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield, the guy that was crushing beer cans at Indians at the Indians baseball park last year, and everyone was saying that last year was their time. And when and when the, the Browns finally beat the Steelers for the first time in several years in 2019, when Mason Rudolph got clocked over the head by a helmet by Miles Garrett, something else you can get me started about. You saw the Browns celebrating. You saw the Browns. You know where those Pittsburgh started its shirts, and they believed they were they had arrived. And then what happened? They rolled into the Heinz Field and got their butts kicked. This don't get me started is about why I try to remind Steelers fans that you got it good with this organization, not just good in the fact that they win, but by and large, the Steelers stars, the Steelers athletes, their organization, their coaches, they don't get into this petty nonsense Baker Mayfield liking people's posts he made a whole thing after at, at the Super Bowl press stuff this past year when the Chiefs were getting ready to play the Niners he said you know, I'm done paying attention to what other people say I'm focusing on me and getting better at what I have to do so then when I see him liking Adam's post I'm just like okay okay you, you're not do you're not doing that you're not doing nothing and Adam's getting attacked by the Browns fans which was his whole point because he wanted to stir up stuff for his radio show and that's great but Steelers fans, I tell you, when people tell you on ESPN, there was some guy on ESPN yammering on about why Ben Roethlisberger's the least attractive quarterback to him in the, you know, as far as what he'd want on his team right now just for this season. And he listed Joe Burrow, please, and Baker Mayfield over him. I, if you say Lamar Jackson, I think you're still wrong, but whatever. Who cares? The point being... You don't see Ben Roethlisberger go out and liking people's stuff. First of all, he says, I stay off social media. And he has his personal account that some lady ran, whatever. He's not in that. Now, he may pay attention to stuff, but he keeps it much better under wraps than Baker Mayfield. Baker makes it clear who he hates, who he despises. He's going at it with calling coward left and right. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. And it's why the Browns are still going to be losers. So long as you got people like that at the front. Now, 
you know, before this, I was kind of like, you know, I think that Baker Mayfield will finish the season. But, I mean, I'm not saying week eight and that Adam's going to be right exactly on the dot. But when it's obvious that Baker Mayfield, in a time when the world is shut down and you got to do everything right now to make sure that your team is on the same page and moving forward with the best step, you're worried about social media? Bruh, you're a third-year quarterback. You ain't been to the playoffs yet. You ain't done nothing. You got guys on your roster that are still adjusting to the team. You got a new head coach. You got a new playbook again for the fourth time. And you got time to tweet people? To go after, to go after random radio guys from towns that you're, that you're not even part of? Why do you care? This is just a further reminder to all the Steelers fans how good you got it. You got Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, Devlin Hodges, who was in way over his head last year, he didn't respond to none of that. There were people making fun of him once he started to do bad, both in town and out of town. And you ever said, saw him like stuff? He was just humble and, hey, I'm just going to get my job done. Devlin Hodges. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, I mean, and Mason Rudolph went through the gamut last year. He was knocked out cold on the field. They had to remove his face mask to take him off. When he came back, he was a, he was attacked with a helmet by Miles Garrett, then accused of saying a racial slur. Mason Mason Rudolph went through it. Honestly, I'd say that what Mason Rudolph experienced was harder than anything Baker Mayfield's had to deal with in his time with the Browns. I'm also impressed to myself that I've said Baker Mayfield correctly this time because I guarantee you in regular conversation, I call him Johnny Manziel by mistake because to me they're the same person. Now granted, Baker Mayfield's already lasted a lot longer than Johnny Manziel, but you get my point. Small quarterbacks playing for the Browns, got an attitude, think they're the baddest without even ever proving yourselves point point right there that's who the browns are right now but mason rudolph accused of everything the only things he did he went through his lawyers about miles garrett and said he never said such thing if he pushes this again we will sue for slander and the one thing you saw him come out and say mike tomlin is a leader of men when you saw mike tomlin defend him on national espn media and mason rudolph again he ain't he ain't the millionaire dude he ain't on hulu sports commercials he ain't getting advertisements out, out of everywhere. And and he's not the face of the team. He don't have to, like, he, he has to fight for attention. Baker Mayfield walks in the room and he commands it. And he's supposed to command. I take it back. He doesn't command it, obviously. When he, but when he walks in the room, when you're the face of the franchise, when you're supposed to be the franchise quarterback, when they went and got you first overall, as they did, you're supposed to walk with a swagger, with a confidence that you don't need to lower yourself to the pettiness. That you don't need to go on social media and fight with people that are not in your locker room. Mike Tomlin calls that elevator music. So when you tell me that you're not, that, that you're not, you don't care about it anymore, and you're still attacking Adam Crowley, or liking Adam, you didn't attack Adam, he just liked it. But the like was, of course, sarcastic, saying, like, oh, I see you. And I remember you whenever I make it big. And he still goes after Colin Coward whenever Colin Coward calls him out. And Colin, Colin Coward does what he does because that, that's his job. He's supposed to get people excited. He's supposed to get a reaction out of people. And it works. It's a, it's a hook, line, and sucker for, for Baker Mayfield every time. And it's just wild to me that every year I got to hear this about the Cleveland Browns. Oh, guess what? They got Odom Beckham Jr. Oh, guess what? They got this guy. They got that guy. Yada, 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 yada. And as you heard just earlier in this show, they brought up a good point. They might actually go get Earl Thomas. And that would be hilarious to me. But 
This is why they're still the Browns. The Steelers media, run by Burt Laden, they do a great job. They keep us in line. They keep they you know they they let us know they they're very great communicators. They do it. They they've really helped me as far as understanding what the rules are. I appreciate them for that. But they 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 operate different than anyone else. There's a lot of respect there, and I think in general, except for the very rare cases of an Antonio Brown, you see the Steelers have a different way of protecting their players. Even beyond Burt, I'll tell you a story about how the Steelers protect their guys. It's after the Jaguars game in the playoffs. The Steelers just got smoked. Mike Mitchell was mouthing off. He was going to be the butt of every joke. And he was the butt of every joke in the Steelers in, in, in Steelers media across town. Ah, <laughs> you got trucked by the Jaguars. And so, of course, we're busting in. I'm, I'm part of the press corps with, with Dale and DK, and we're, we're getting ready to bust in there. This is back in the 2017 playoffs. We're getting ready to bust in the locker room. You know who was standing in front of Mike's locker? Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. And it was clear, you ain't touching him. And Mike Mitchell was headed out the door. But he was one of their athletes. He was one of their warriors. And they knew how to, you know what? We're we're protecting this guy. They know how to talk to their players and say, hey, let's not go that route. Let's not say the inflammatory thing. And sometimes things will slip out. You know, back in 2007, Anthony Smith, you know, guaranteed, quote-unquote, that they would beat Tom Brady or whatever, and that and that was that was bad. But the Browns, it's every year. There's something crazy, something stupid done. I mean, Miles Garrett's a prime example. He just went berserk. Can you imagine if a Steeler did something like that? They'd be calling for Mike Tomlin's head. I mean, they already do call for Mike Tomlin's head. But this is this is just what I'm what I, what I try to tell people. The structural integrity of the Steelers is so much greater. Than the Browns. And this is why I will always pick them to do better than the Browns. Until I see something different. And who knows? Maybe Kevin Stefanski's got something working and it's going to be fixed soon. Who knows? Maybe Jesus will, will, will come back. But the point is, it ain't there right now and I don't see it. And f- for me, I'm going I'm to show me before I... You, you got to show me before I believe you. Because in all in all circumstances, I'm not gonna gamble on somebody. Like if, I, if I'm a gambling man, I'm not. I don't, I'm not a big gambler, dude. Most I'll do is poker. If I'm a gambling man, I'm going in. and I'm saying, you know, all right. Do I think the Browns are actually gonna make the playoffs this year? Why would I put money on you? Why would I actually believe any of your hype? Every time I hear the hype, it's yada 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 yada. Boom, and you stink. When Hugh Jackson came, it was gonna be different. They went 0 and 16. What twice? I think he won one game in, in all his time there. Something like, something crazy. Uh, you know what I mean. And you see how they're operating now. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed with these guys. And nothing will change. And that's why the Steelers are going to continue to, to be above them in the AFC North. I don't care if they add Earl Thomas, Gerald McCoy. Go, go get everybody. Go get, go get every free agent you got. Because you can assemble all the Madden cards that you want on the Browns roster. They still ain't going to do nothing when when they, they they may get a couple good games in there. But when they start losing or some, stru- or some struggles come their way, they will not be able to rally. They will not have the structural integrity to keep their guys together and to, and to play well. And how do I know that? Because I continue to see the same behavior from Baker Mayfield and from the Browns. So when I see that, 
I got I got to look at that and think they're the same old Browns, and they're gonna be the same old Browns. But I'm Chris Carter. That was what got me started today. We're gonna have fun with this. We're gonna make this part of the show. Because I, I, I have fun letting me rant. Y- y'all saw Dale. I, I just kind of put Dale to the side. I was like, Dale, you go somewhere else. I'm going I'm to I'm do this. So we're going to make this part of the show. It's a fun part of the show. Let me know if you like it. Hit me up on Twitter at Carter Critiques. You can also hit up uh, hit, hit us up at DKPGH Sports on Twitter. Uh, you can hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking on the podcast. Please like li- like us. Subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. you got podcasts. It, this, it, this is there. You you subscribe to us and also rate us five stars. Get us get us get us the the positive reviews and hey you know what you you give me you you give me a really good review you give me a pot a five star review and you tell me what you're thinking about the show I'll, I'll give you a shout out on the show appreciate y'all because we know we got people that ride hard here at DK Pittsburgh Sports for what we do here again my name is Chris Carter follow me anytime we'll be back in your ears tomorrow on the DK Steelers podcast.